This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gents, all things covered. Listeners, for you guys watching us on YouTube. All things cover viewers. We got a special, special episode today. Christmas. Yeah, it came early prior show. I've been trying to get this individual on the show for a long, long time throughout the year. But you know what? He's too busy sacking quarterbacks. Every time I see him and he in somebody backfield with a lawn chair, just setting up shop, just laying in their backfield because he always in the backfield getting sacks. But he made enough time for us to join us right before Christmas. I don't know if he's bearing any gifts, but if he ain't bearing any, any gifts for us, let's save those gifts for this Sunday. And the best gift he can give us is sacking more quarterbacks. Steeler Nation, I know you guys are fired up about this one. Man, we done had some of the best Steelers on this show. Mel Blunt. We done had Mike Tomlin. We done had Jerome Bettis. Man, we done had the who's a who. But this guy right here, when it's all said and done, he might be one of the best to ever do it. 2017 first-round selection by the Pittsburgh Steelers, former Wisconsin Badger. He was born to sack quarterbacks. And I guess it's safe to say that's what they do in their family because there's another guy in his family that was born to sack quarterbacks. No other than T.J. Watt joining us here, All Things Covered. T.J., number one, thank you for joining me. How you doing? How you feeling? I am doing well. Thank you for that long, drawn-out introduction. That was that was interesting to hear, but I, I appreciate all the, <laughs> all the praise you have. Uh, love to be here, man. Man, listen, I love watching you play, man. And, and, and you know, I play with some, some prolific guys on the defensive end, and you fit the mode, man. And they, and they did it. They, they hit it dead on the head when they drafted you because you came in with that same mentality. And no, no surprise to see you be so successful. Uh, but let's, let, let, let's, uh, let's go back in time when you look at, you know, growing up in Wisconsin. How early did football become part of your life? And what is the football way of life up there in Wisconsin? Yeah, I think, I mean, Football kind of grew up watching Brett Favre and uh, the Packers. That was kind of the way up in up in Wisconsin. But uh, my dad was a youth football coach growing up. He coached JJ uh, and my middle brother Derek through all the way through grade school, and then even JJ freshman year. So I was kind of obviously being the youngest. I was just always around the game, always being a a, a coach's kids, being the water boy, getting all the bags in between drills, just trying to be a part of the process as much as I possibly could. And then we didn't really have tackle football or flag football even until fifth grade. So I was playing soccer and um, baseball, basketball, everything that I could besides football until fifth grade. Um, and then obviously once fifth grade hit, it became a big part of my life and something that I really fell in love with and, and wanted to pursue. And um, more than anything, I think the big thing about me is I, I wasn't really, never really had the big aspirations to play in the NFL Mm-hmm. When I was a young kid, I just wanted to be the starting quarterback of my fifth grade team. I just wanted to play under the lights as an eighth grader. And then once you get to high school, you just want to be that that high school, that, that senior uh, quarterback or that big time player for your team. Um, and just kind of I just always just wanted to follow in the paths of both of my brothers and yep. um, just 
always had the blueprint from those guys. And that's kind of just how my journey played out where I never really had the end goal in sight and said, this is where I want to be. I just took it kind of one step at a time from uh, grade school all the way up until um, high school and then wanting to go to Madison, uh, Wisconsin, and trying to create a role there. And then after that, kind of want to check the boxes from there, but I didn't want to go too big at the start and, and bite too, too much where I could chew. Yeah. And speaking of your, you know, college experience, what was your first thought when the coaches there at Wisconsin, you know, asked you to switch from tight end to linebacker? Yeah, at first I, I took it as a slap in the face. I was, because <laughs> I, I mean, I was battling so many injuries in college. I, uh, I dislocated my kneecaps on, on both my, uh, both legs multiple times and I actually had to get them surgically wow. prepared. Yeah. So I had my, I came into college as a, as a tight end. Um, mm-hmm. I, red, I redshirted. Um, and then in bowl prep, I dislocated uh, my right kneecap. Um, and then they said I didn't need surgery or anything like that. So we just kind of rehabbed it. And then came back in spring ball and like the second practice of spring ball, um, I dislocated my left kneecap, the other one. Yeah. So then how painful yeah. was that? Oh, it's terribly painful. I mean, it was, it was one of those things where it pops out, but it pops right back in. So it's just <sighs> like that ligament is super uh, swollen. The knee blows up and obviously swelling is never fun to deal with either. Yeah. Um, so then I came back in the fall of my red shirt freshman year. So this is my second year in college. And like the second or third day of camp, I tore my knee again um, and I just decided to do surgery. But luckily, I mean, through the connections of my brother being a Houston Texan and having a great doctor down there, I was able to fly down to Houston, get the surgery done um, on my right knee. And then I came back for spring ball of the next year. And like the third day of practice, I tore my left knee up. Wow. I had to get surgery. I flew back down, got surgery again. And then my redshirt sophomore year was when that conversation had where they said, you basically, um, we think it'd be a great idea for you to switch from uh, offense to defense. Just because sometimes I, I dislocated them so many times. It was, uh, it wasn't like cutting. It wasn't non-contact stuff. Mm-hmm. It was more like guys falling on my legs and, you know. And just freak injuries, basically. Yeah, just like weird stuff, like guys falling on my legs or just like being engaged and my, my leg would cave in weird. Um, so then they just basically said defense and Took it as kind of like, all right, maybe went home, <laughs> talked to my family, talked to Derek, talked to JJ and basically just said they'll support whatever decision I make. Watch some YouTube videos of uh, my brother, Von Miller, other guys that are get after the quarterback and, and make a lot of plays and really fell in love with the mentality of being a defensive player and understand that I don't have to have the ball thrown my way just to be able to make an impact on the game. You know, as a defender, yeah. you can, you can truly impact the game on every single play. And I, I think I fell in love with that and went back the next day and said, let's, let's get started on defense. So TJ, you mentioned watching YouTube videos of guys rushing the passer. Is it safe to say, I don't want to assume, but I'm asking, is that how you kind of learn the ins and outs to rush the passer at that time? Or, or were you just more yeah. so just looking at some of the things they were doing? I mean, I, to be honest with you, it's it's it sounds corny and cheesy, but I mean, just watching my brother so much throughout the years in Houston, and um, I don't know how much of it was natural, like just in my DNA to do certain rush moves, um, yeah. and how much of it was just what I learned through watching him play over the years. 
Um, but no, I, I mean, I was very raw, just like anybody else would be very raw their first couple practices. I mean, luckily I had guys like Joe Schobert was the starting outside linebacker in front of me. And so was uh, Vince Beagle who plays for the Dolphins on the other side. So, mm-hmm. um, I had good guys, um, at the outside linebacker position and it wasn't like JJ and I were talking and talking moves and stuff like that yet. It was, yeah. I was just trying to get my head around defensive calls. You know, it's way different than an offensive call. Yeah. <laughs> and all the reaction, it was, it was a lot to adjust to. No doubt. And eventually you find your niche on the defensive side that led to you being a first round selection. TJ, you went 30th overall to the Steelers in 2017. Your home state Packers had the 29th pick, but they traded out of it. Are you one of those players that remembers the teams that passed on you? Not really. I mean, it's with Twitter these days, it's kind of hard to not like kind of know. Like, I mean, I always had the Dolphins the Cowboys, the Packers tweeting at me, um, mm-hmm. wish we would have taken you all stuff like that. But I mean, uh, I'm not holding any grudges over anything. I, I truly believe that this was the best situation for me, just from an all around just organizational standpoint, from a city standpoint, from X's and O's, I think just an outside linebacker's dream is to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. No um, question. To, to bring splash and uh, all the energy. And then you talk about the people of this city and the blue collar mentality and, the people freaking love their Pittsburgh Steelers here. And it's, it's like, how could you not love this, this environment, this atmosphere to play for? I mean, Heinz Field was absolutely bumping uh, yesterday. And it's, it's just, you want to work so hard for these people um, who invest uh, everything they have just to watch us uh, do what we love for a living. It's pretty special. Yeah, well, TJ, I tell people all the time, the fans in Pittsburgh, especially during the season, when things are rolling after a huge win, man, you can do no wrong. Do you have any weird, crazy fan experiences you know to be throughout your time so far at pittsburgh where fans like you like wow this is kind of weird this is wow i wasn't expecting that (laughs) not really i mean because of covid and everything these past two years i haven't really been able to be out i mean i think the funniest thing was uh my brother jj came up to visit me i think it was after like my second year Mm -hmm. and this was like he was like obviously my brother anywhere he goes he's recognized like crazy and him, me, him, and one of my buddies went down to the uh, strip district. Yeah, they have all like little shops and stuff. And we're walking past, and uh, I see like like my jersey or something's on the, on the wall, and we're just kind of like walking past. And my brother's getting noticed like crazy, and like nobody's like saying anything to me. And he's like, "Man, I cannot believe that nobody here in Pittsburgh recognizes you. It's so wild <laughs> to me." And I was like, it's, "I mean, it's just it's I haven't made my mark yet. You know, I yeah. haven't, people haven't really." really gotten to see me. I was after my rookie year and stuff like that. And uh, stuff like that has definitely changed a lot. Like I bet me and my fiance, like all the time, like just going down to the, to the market square uh, in downtown. And um, it's, it's just, it's so cool to see just how respectful people are of, of my time. And nobody's, nobody wants anything. They just want to say hello. And everybody's always just so respectful and kind and uh, even my neighbors um, are just so great. It's, uh, I have nothing but good things to say about the people of Pittsburgh. <clears throat> no question. Some of the best fans in the world, not to mention they travel well as well. Of so course. especially to the West Coast, they love traveling to the West Coast. When you first got to Pittsburgh, you had an opportunity to play alongside one of the greats and James Harrison. Now, granted, he was closer to the end of his career than the beginning. But w- w- were there any little small nuggets that you were able to learn from him? just seeing how he went about his business, you know, in the weight room on the football field, how he rushed the passer. Yeah. Debo was, was a really good mentor when I was in the building with him. And um, like I say, he's, he's got that, that, uh, that rip arm bar type move that he had like mm-hmm. the back of his hand on that right side. Um, can can you put your, can you put your coach hat on and explain our listeners and viewers what that technique is, man, he would like, 
So he he played on the right side of the line. So he would like a lot of times he would align wide. So he would yeah. be like a wide nine. So he'd be outside the tackle. And he would like at, as the ball's about to be snapped, he would like scoot down, like almost like head up of the tackle. So it looks like he's going to be going inside of the tackle. So the tackle like tries to jump set him. Mm-hmm. And as the tackle's like punching his punching his chest, he just grabs that arm and walks around like a merry-go-round and just goes right to the quarterback and sack him every time. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Like we know what moves coming and they just can't stop it. I remember in Kansas city um, uh, that we, we pulled him in, we put him in late in the game um, and he got the sack to basically seal the game. I think that was my, yeah, that was my rookie year. Obviously he was playing. Yeah. And that was the move. We all were like, he's going to do the move. Just, just watch it, watch it work. And sure enough, one or two pass rush reps in, he had a sack. I think it might've been a forced fumble. Yeah, in that Kansas City game. He kind of sealed the deal, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was a Sunday night ball game, too. I think it was nighttime, prime time. It was, it was a big game, I remember. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Without giving away any of your secrets, what's something in your game that has consistently developed to make you the best pass rush in the NFL? Oh, hands. I think hands down has, has been in my hands and just being able to fend off, knowing, knowing what to expect. I mean, I, I just work so much hand combat uh, all mm-hmm. offseason and then trying to make it like trying to make it. So I'm not even thinking about it, just getting off the ball. And you have so much going through your mind when you're rushing the passer, especially off the left side, because a lot of the quarterbacks are right-handed. Um, so I kind of tell people I'm, when I rush, I look through the tackle into the backfield. So you're not really, you don't have time to really look at the hands of the offensive lineman. Mm. Um, so you kind of have to make it second nature. And uh, the only way to do that is through muscle memory and reps. So um, a lot of film study throughout the week to kind of, figure out what type of uh, puncher the offensive lineman is. If he's a mm-hmm. puncher, if he's not a puncher, low puncher, high puncher, clamper, stuff like that. Um, and then kind of work it throughout the week. And just to be honest with you, just naturally, it just kind of takes over once game day hits. You don't really have time, like I said, to look at his hands and then look at the quarterback, see if he's going to throw the ball, see if he's stepping up in the pocket. Um, it all just kind of takes over in the moment. So you looking through the tackle into the into the backfield of the quarterback every yeah basically every, rep. basically every rep because i mean you have you have to be able to see the quarterback because if he's gonna if he's gonna rise up and try to if it's like a three-step drop and he's gonna throw the ball your way you have to be able to get your hands up or if it's like a draw um uh-huh. you always have to you always have to be aware especially because that's why coach t always says two guys that are in two-point stances we're on our feet we we should be able to make more plays than those guys that are in the three points because like jet sweeps we can see all that stuff coming yeah Draws, yeah you you're right all of it coming you can see it develop a little bit more you're not coming out of a stance. You have a little bit more time to react. So, yeah, it's just trying to find ways to be uh, a playmaker. Cool, cool nuggets coming from one of the best in the business. So uh, hopefully our young pass rushers that are listening are checking us out. <laughs> learn a few things from Coach Watt. How do you have to adjust as an edge rusher, TJ, when you're seeing so many doubles? Oh, it's tough. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out some of that stuff. Uh, it's just Yo, real quick, the, 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 the one you made against the Titans, yeah, yeah. They were basically were hu- uh, holding you, and granted, they didn't even call. Did they call holding? No, and I told the ref I was on a treadmill. I was running in place. So. <laughs> literally, they literally were holding you by the waist. They had two guys holding you. Did you get credit for a half or a full on that uh, one? Half, half. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I don't I don't really know um, what constitutes a hold anymore, but <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you just have to know. Like I said, it's one of those things through film study too. Just knowing if they're a, a chip team with a running back, if they like mm-hmm. to use a, a tackle or an extra lineman to come in to help out, or if they like to use a tight end to chip. Yeah. Um, if the tight end's in the core, if the tight end's out of the core, 
Um, if they want to slide and use a guard and a tackle and trying to work games, I think that's the biggest thing that I could say is trying to use that your inside pass rush as well, whether it's um, Tyson Alulu when he's healthy, Chris Wormley, um, Cam Hayward, if he comes over to my side and just let's work together. So it's not one guy getting doubled and maybe another guy even getting doubled if it's a line slide. So yeah, let's try to work sense. together. And um, that's kind of the best that I can describe for a great pass, which is all four guys up front working together. Um, and sometimes it's time to go rogue and, and do your own thing, but um, specifically against those mobile quarterbacks, when they do like to chip um, the games are the best way to defeat the double teams for sure. Man, TJ, you're, you're having an unbelievable year but you've been dealing with a lot of injuries here and there. What type of pain have you had to deal with throughout this year? And why has it been so important for you still to be out there with the rest of your, your guys and giving it your all? Yeah, it, it always sucks not being 100% going into games and uh, just to have that kind of in the back of your mind, you're warming up and you don't feel 100%. Um, but that, I think that's why it's also important to, that's in the two games that I've had to come out early, um, to pull myself out early and say, I don't want to make this thing unravel and miss two or three games here. That's kind of been the challenge for myself um, to be smart with my body and to listen to my body and understand that this, this is a long season. I want to be here for the stretch run that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, just at the end of this last game, I, I took a shot to the ribs and um, it, at this point in the season, everybody's yep. going through something. So there's, there's no time to, to beg for forgiveness or pity from anybody. I don't really, nobody's going to care about me on the, on the Kansas city chiefs this week. So yeah, um, they got their own problems to deal with as well. So it's, it's about getting as, as close to 100% as you can, knowing that it's not achievable, but trying to put on the best product. Cause like I said, so many people would absolutely kill to be in my position and to yeah. do what I do for a living. So um, I need to give everything that I absolutely can to play the best that I can. Cool stat associated with you, TJ, when you play when you've played for the Steelers, Steelers this season and recorded at least one sack, the Steelers record, they're six, two and one. So that tells all of you guys that are watching or listening to us how important Mr. Watt is. And we spoke about James Harrison earlier, Debo. But what did it mean to pass him as the Steelers single season sack leader this past Sunday against the Houston Texans? You currently have 17 sacks. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's definitely a, a cool moment. I don't think I have time to really kind of take everything in um, and, and really reflect on it right now just because these weeks are going by so fast and we have big game after big game. Um, but the, those accomplishments are not done alone. I mean, that's no such a collective effort, not only from the guys up front with me, but uh, the guys in the back kind of done an absolutely amazing job of making quarterbacks hold on to the ball um, just a half a second longer this year. And, um it's, it's a great accomplishment, but it's a team accomplishment. And uh, Debo is, is, is a phenomenal pass rusher. And just just to be able to be in, in that conversation in such a historic franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers, it, it definitely is special. But uh, I think this offseason, I'll probably sit down and really take it in. But right now, I don't really have time to. And because of that, the sights are set for the next achievement. Not your eyes, though. Of course, coming from fans. Fans are fired <laughs> up because now... Uh, you need six more in the final three games to get the NFL single season sack record. And like I, like you said, you don't, you're not thinking about that. You're just doing your job. But clearly the numbers say when you sacking quarterbacks, Pittsburgh, they're winning ball games. So you need six more in the final three games. And this is, we know you're not concerned about records, but this is what <laughs> I'm supposed to do. You need six more in the final three games. And you want to get sacks anyway. So that's who you are. You're a professional sack getter, as Mike Tomlin used to say, likes to say. 
so TJ, you know, most importantly, if you're healthy, we know you're going to get numbers. So for me, and you don't have to say it, I believe you're going to get seven in the final three games. <laughs> I hope so. That means we're winning games. That's that's yeah, that's real. That's what it, I just gave you the nugget, right? That's the, the season stat uh, total. When you get sacks, you six, two and one. Hey, that's you're saying this. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I say what you're not supposed to say. That's the part of me being in the media now. But yeah, hopefully, like when you sacking the quarterbacks, the defense is playing better and we win in ball games. And you're one of the most important players on this team. So keep doing what you've been doing. And they come in bunches, as you know. But most importantly, you just got to stay healthy. You got to stay healthy. And, and we're rooting for you when it comes to that. Another thing I want to talk to you about, I felt some type of way for you a year ago, TJ. Uh, when they came out with the award ceremony and at the end of the season, I felt like you were the best player on the defensive side. You didn't get the award. And now I keep seeing someone, and I know you're probably not even really paying attention to the elevator music, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, the <laughs> elevator music that's around you. But I'm paying attention. I don't understand why people just disrespecting your craft, not to mention all the injuries you've been dealing with, the games you've missed, and you still lead the league in sacks. You're not a one-trick pony because your run defense is spectacular. You know what I mean? This this going to be the year right here, TJ. I'm going to throw this out here to the universe a lot of manifest as well. You're going to go get the, the single-season sack record. That's going to happen, right? And then you're going to go get the Defensive Player of the Year award. That's going to happen. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And I think if, you, if all of those things happen, the Steelers are going to be winning ball games and they're going to find themselves in the playoffs. Hey, playoffs is all I care about at this moment. So I'm glad that you're you got your sight sets on those things. But yeah, so so saying man, it, it, it truly is one of those things where it's early on in my career. I, I would I would look at those individual awards. I would set individual statistical goals and all that mm -hmm. stuff and have X amount of sacks, X amount of TFLs and all that stuff. And um, the more, the longer I've been in, this is my fifth year now, the more I realize you don't need to add any pressure to yourself. You don't need to make this game harder than it already is. And that's kind of the thing is you just have to, like I say, be healthy and, and get the games and, and put in absolutely everything that you have in the preparation and, and preparing for each game week in and week out and everything will take care of itself. And um, no question at this point, winning means everything. Um, especially this late in the season, we're trying to make a playoff push. And um, the best way that I can help this team win games is making plays. And um, that's just what I need to continue to do um, if we want to get to where we want to be. Did you have any feelings about getting snubbed a year ago for defensive player of the year? I mean, I, it, it definitely was a little bit of a, I don't want to say it, it was just more motivation and I have nothing against Aaron Donald. I mean, yeah he didn't vote for himself. You know, it's not one of those things where I was upset at him or anything. It was just more motivation. And I've been to that award show so many times, just from the three times my brothers won. Yeah. Um, the one time he won the Walter Payton man of the year award as well. So, I mean, I've been there three or four times and every single time I've been there, I've left more motivated than when I walked through the doors. Mm. This past year was no different. Um, even though it was virtually, I left that um, award ceremony more motivated than when I, um, when I walked in. So um, it's just more of a motivational thing. Um, like I said, I have nothing against uh, Aaron Donald, the player that he is. I think he's a phenomenal player. It's just, I, I need to do more. And um, it starts with, with winning games, being on a, a defense that um, is stout. And um, that was basically the motivation this off season, definitely put into, put all the work into it. Yeah. We see that motivation because you letting it go on every Sunday 
Thursday, Monday, it doesn't matter. You're letting it go. So you're doing a great job. Uh, a lot of people are presuming, presuming this to be uh, Big Ben's final year as a Steeler. Is that something that kind of go that, that you guys discuss internally, knowing what he means to the organization? And if this is his final ride, you know, doing everything in your power to make sure he, he gets into uh, the postseason? Uh, not really. It's not something that's been talked about. I mean, I don't even know if that's true or not, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that it's, this is the NFL. This is, I mean, every single week is so big. And especially this time of year, like I uh, keep saying, it's just, these are all make or break games, um, regardless of any circumstance or situation. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We're not really talking about anything like that in the facility. Uh, we're just trying to win games. We know how important he is to this team and has been um, for decades now. And um, we just want to continue to, to move in the right direction here. And um, we feel best with him at quarterback, obviously, because he's one of the best to do it. No question. You got a better chance of winning when he's in the lineup than when he's not in the lineup. Last question for you, TJ, before we transition to the superlative part of our show. Another person besides Big Ben that connects my Steelers tenure to your Steelers tenure is Mike Tomlin. You've been under Mike Tomlin your entire professional career. Can you share your favorite Mike Tomlinism that you've heard him say? Weenies on the grill. I love weenies. Weenies on the grill is... Weenies on the grill? I don't think I've ever heard of that one before. That's... uh. That's like in camp or like if you if like uh, in preseason, like pass rusher, we always say it, like if a tackle is not like up to par. Yeah. It's weenie on the grill. So if like you win, like you win a pass rush in a preseason game in like the third or fourth quarter, man, it was a weenie on the grill. Like it, was, it, was <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a prime New York strip steak. On the OK, North I got game. you. I got you. Yeah, it's got like you. If, you, if you beat a if you beat a pr- like a premier tackle, man, you just beat a New York strip. But like if it's just a weenie on the grill, you know what I mean? That's, no question. that's one of mine that like is pertinent to the outside linebackers, the pass rushing group. Uh, I mean, you could go on for days about his. What's yours? Oh, man. Uh, what's mine? I hear so many of them. Nobody cares about the labor pains. It's, uh, nobody cares about the labor pain. You, you just still. The, how do you say it? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, uh, our job is to deliver the baby. Nobody cares about the labor pains. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, that he, one right there. He's ripping off new ones at, at, each week now, it's almost like holy cow! I, all these ones are so new. I, I should have a booklet. I mean, someone's got to have a booklet. Of all of we did no. We need to go ahead and collab because I'm pretty sure he's added more to his arsenal since you've been oh. there than when I was there. I remember when I was there, that 2008 run when we went to the Super Bowl. Every every week, it's a five star matchup because yeah. we're in it. No one is coming to see the people we're playing. They come to see us. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we live by that, but yeah, man, that the Mike Tomlinisms, man, he has a way with words, and people don't get when they see him in front of the microphone. You don't really get that real Mike T that he yeah. gives you in the meeting room. You know what I mean? I so, mean, he's he's just so commanding. Like that's like the number one word that I can like t- try to explain to people. Like when he walks in the room, like everybody shuts up and like, yeah. just, good evening. Like that deep voice, like. Um, just very commanding, very like, oh, like you want to run through a wall after every meeting, just the way that he, he, he dictates to the whole meeting room, like the plan, like, this is how we're going to do it. These are the guys we need to attack. So-and-so it's like, yeah. man, this guy really knows what he's doing. He believes in all of us, no matter what the circumstance is. Um, just, a, just a guy that I love playing for. Yeah. And I think that's why he resonates so much to the players. You know what I mean? Because he walks in with that respect. He understands the game. He understands the ins and outs, and he just comes at you and, and, and attacks it in a professional way. And some coaches don't do that. So and that's why he's one of the best to ever do it, future Hall of Famer Mike Tomlin. All right, real quick before we let you go, 
Got a few quick questions in our superlative part. I want your honest, unbiased answer for this question. First question, which brother is late more often when you're supposed to drive each other to practice? And of course, if you've been living under the rock, TJ's brother, Derek, is a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they sometimes carpool to work. That's Derek's easy, man. That's Derek. Derek is, I, I have to text Derek that I'm going to be there like, five minutes before I'm actually there because he is always late and he always blames it on his kids. He's got to kiss his kids goodbye, whatever it is, but he's <laughs> always late, man. And it's whenever I pick him up, it's early. So I don't want to honk the horn and wake all the neighbors up. But I, yeah, even to the airport, we, even in the afternoon, we have to leave to the airport. Sometimes I have to get out of my car, go into the house and get him and bring him back out into the house. But okay. Derek is the late brother. All right, next question for you. You gotten to bring down a lot of quarterbacks in your professional career. Is there a quarterback you haven't sacked yet that you need to get to? That's a good question. I honestly haven't thought about that. Um, I don't even think I've I, I don't think I've gotten to Pat Mahomes. Oh I don't think I have. Yeah, let's think about it. Because you haven't really played them that yeah, I often. I played in my second year and I don't think I've got to them. So that could be one. Oh, well, that, the timing would be ideal. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have. I might have checked that, but yeah, I, okay. stuff like that I don't really think about a lot. Okay. Most underrated player on the Steeler defense right now? Underrated. He, he's hurt. I would say Tyson Lulu in a heartbeat. Oh, he means a lot. Man. He means a lot. People don't understand how important a nose is. Yeah. In a 3-4. That's the thing. Like, like, Tyson is a guy that number one team player ever like best teammate of all time wants to see everybody else succeed um but a guy that i mean you talk about just stopping the run having phenomenal hands rushing the passer practices super hard just an absolute technician um and then is willing to turn around and help any young guy any guy Mm -hmm. that just wants any help i mean I can't say enough good things about Tyson Lou. I, I don't think that he gets the respect that he deserves. And uh, yeah. it's a damn shame that uh, he wasn't able to stay healthy this year. And, no question. Um, That's a good call. That's a good call, TJ. People don't realize how important just having that type of athleticism at that particular position yeah. does to the defense. Um, most hated team in the division. If you had to pick one team in the division you hate the most, out of Cincy, and Baltimore. Trying to, get, trying to get headlines out of me. Uh, Cincy, Baltimore, Cleveland. Who would it be? I don't know if anything's a hatred. I think it uh, dislike. Dislike. I mean, I. It's 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 been shifting. I mean, it really has been because, I mean, it's so fresh that we lost the Bengals twice this year. So I mean, that's kind of a kind of a a a bad taste in the mouth. But I mean, you look at the the long term thing. I think you got to go to the Ravens just because of the the types of battles that we have week in or year in and year out. Just the history of the matchups and. Every that that's one of those five star matchup every time we play the Ravens. That's, that's yeah, Mike Tom is a five star matchup. Yeah, exactly. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. And then, the thing about the Ravens, there's so many similarities, you know what I mean, yeah. to how we play compared to how they play. Exactly. All yeah. all the 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 bullet points, the get after the quarterback, great yeah. pass rushers, uh the big bigs up front, big maulers, they can run the football. Got a quarterback that can throw. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's it is a very similar matchup, and that's why it's so physical each and every yeah. uh, time that we play them. But I mean, that that series alone has like a twenty minute highlight tape on YouTube. I'm sure. Oh, no question, no question. Year after year, it doesn't matter who's in the uniforms. You still get that same mentality, yeah. the same physical nature. And what just happened with uh, the, when we look at the NFC AFC North 
because the Raiders beat the Browns, the Steelers are now currently third in the division. So everything is there for the taking. A very, very important ball game this Sunday against the Chiefs. Last question for you. Uh, biggest key to to be able to get a big time win against the Kansas City Chiefs in week 16. What's the biggest keys for you guys? It's going to be stopping the run, I think, is the first thing. I mean, that's yep. something that we need to turn around here at some point. And I think this week is the week to why not do it now. And, and it's something that we openly talk about and discuss that we need to stop the run. And um, it all starts with that. But I think then as a defense, you go look at Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you know, just the laundry list of weapons that they have. Um, we need to keep the quarterback in the pocket. I think that's an underrated thing is you actually have to keep a guy like that in the pocket because once plays get extended, uh, you really stress out those guys in the back end and it makes life um, a lot tougher. Um, but other than that, I think it's just having a good game plan, which I'm sure the coaches are in the office right now drawing up and mm -hmm. um, believing in it, buying in it, um, and having a good week of practice and then um, executing and playing very selflessly uh, come Sunday. And one thing I like to highlight for you, you seem to be a real good blocker when it comes to, uh, you know, blocking on interceptions. Is there a chance we might see you get your hands on Pat Mahomes like you did on Joe Burrow? Was that intentional or was it just like he was just happened to be, be there? And no, you're like, man. You know what? I'm, I'm glad this is the first time I've ever been asked about this. And really? He, after, like, so this is what happened. So he threw the pick and uh -huh. I got up and I basically just stood in front of him like we're like right here. And I'm just basically waiting for him to make a football play because that's what the refs always say. If he makes a football play as a quarterback, then you can block him. But if he doesn't, you can't block him. So I'm basically just standing there waiting for him, like, come on, please make a move. Please make a move. And he makes a move. So I'm like, all right, game on. Like, let's go. So I, <laughs> I grab onto him and start to block him and um, just kind of like shielding him, nothing crazy. And then he starts to drive me back a little bit. So then I'm like, oh, all right, I'm not going to look bad here. Like, you're not going to drive me back. Yeah, so that's kind of when I flipped the switch and was like, all right, well, I'm going to really do this thing here. And then I just dumped them. Ah. And, and then their whole offensive line got mad at me. And I'm like, it, he made a football play. It's it's in the rules. Yeah. So then he we came out of halftime and I kind of forgot about it. He came over to me and he was like, that was a good block, completely legal, like uh, respect your game, something like that. And I was like, yeah, that's good. I wanted to know what happened because I didn't know he was actually trying to brace himself. But you were OK and just kind of just shielded him until he kind of like. Hey, what, yeah, hey, he what was kind of pushing me, and I was like, "Hey, uh, if you want to push, we can push." <laughs> you don't want to do that. That's not a battle you're gonna win. But yeah, yeah that, that's good stuff. There, good stuff coming from TJ, man. TJ, thank you, thank you for joining me here. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, man, getting ready for this big time ball game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. And if you're blocking Pat Mahomes nine times out of ten, I'm sorry, ten out of ten, something happened good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yes. So, true. yeah. So, so two things that need to happen. You're going to block Pat Mahomes and you're going to sack him because you haven't got a chance. Right now, as you remember, you don't know if you actually sacked him just yet. I don't think so. Yeah. So th those are two things that need to happen quite often in Sunday. And I know everybody got their terrible towels ready to go. Man, no other man. TJ Watt, one of the, be the best sacker in the National Football League. Join us, man. TJ, man, go ahead and rest up. Get your treatment, man. We need you at 100% on Sunday. And go get them sacks and go get that dub. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.